you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Thank you, guys. Now, in a moment, I, we're going to be opening up together the Bible, and we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 12. So this is actually going to be a, a different take on our um, Good Commission series. We're, we're starting sort of a, a standalone week before we look next week at 1 Peter. So Hebrews chapter 12, and I'll be looking at that with you at a moment, but in a moment, but I thought, rather than look answer all these questions, I thought we may as well do it. Get it out of the road, right? The elephant in the room, and... Uh, This is what happened. The Christmas lights had fallen off. I'd noticed the Christmas lights had fallen off their nail, and I thought, I've got two options. I could go and get the ladder and hop up the ladder and fix them up, or I could do the quick and easy option, because the wheelie bin's right there, and I could stand on the wheelie bin to put the lights back up. And I took the ladder option, and you could say it has been a wheelie it's really been a hard start. I've mucked that up, but you know what I mean. All right, we've got that out of the road. Um, what I would love to do is come now with you to Hebrews chapter 12 and to think about this passage, this wonderful passage of Scripture, to think about that passage of Scripture together as we begin to look forward into this year ahead into 2022. So Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm spoiling, I think, um, I'm stealing my thunder by saying, before we read that together, if you had to ask yourself, or someone asked you, for an image that best describes the Christian life, what would it be? So someone said to you, the Christian life is like dot, dot, dot. Would you say, the Christian life is like a cruise ship holiday? The Christian life is like a grand final victory parade. A a Christian life is like a slog through a swamp with lots of leeches. What is a Christian life like? What image would you use? And the Bible actually uses a ton of different imagery to help us understand what the Christian life is like, because we think better in terms of images, don't we? in understanding things. That's the way God's wired us. There's lots of different images that the Bible uses, but there's one, I think, that is used more often than nearly any other. It's used 11 times in the New Testament alone. It's an image that's drawn from sports, which for some of you makes your eyes light up and others of you glaze over, but it's an image specifically drawn from athletics, and it's an image of a race. Not a 100-meter dash race, but a running race that is medium-long distance in nature. That is the image that is used by the Bible to talk more often, I think, than nearly any others about what our Christian experience is like. It's like running a race. And as we look at that together this morning, I want you to see two questions, or ask two questions. Firstly, How is your personal race going as we begin 2022? How is your personal race of faith going? If the the camera could focus in on you running your race at the moment, it could be on the big screen, how would it look? And secondly, and, and more corporately, how do we run that race well as individuals and a church 
How do we run the race God is calling us to do in this new year of 2022 ahead? So two questions, how's our personal race going and how is our race as a church going and how do we run it to the end? So um, as I did, we're now at Hebrews chapter 12 and you'll see, I did steal my thunder thunder, because this is obviously one of those passages that uses this imagery. So Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, therefore, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. What a great passage of Scripture, speaking of the race. So, first question, how is your race going right now? How is your your Christian journey of discipleship going? Well, um, I happen to spend a large percentage of my younger years in the sport of athletics, And since then, I've acted, spent many, many hours on the track as an athletics coach. And uh, I can tell you that in a race, there are lots of different things that can happen, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. One of the things that you will sometimes see at a race, it might be a big race or it might be a local race, is the runners are going round and round the track, and suddenly, one of the runners simply stops. They stop, and then they step off the track, off the running track, into the inside of the track, and that's the end of the race. Um, they've basically elected to stop running for whatever reason it might be. One moment they were running, the next moment they had stopped and the race for them was over. Well, if we think about our race in 2022 as we begin it, is it possible that some of us feel like, I think I wouldn't mind stepping off the track right now? The Christian life, it's, it's hard, and, and for whatever reason, I just feel like I could step into the middle of the track and let everyone else keep on running. Do you maybe ever feel that? And if you do, there's a number of reasons that could make you feel that, isn't it? I think one of the, the common reasons, at least in speaking to people and looking at my own heart, is it can feel like we're losing so badly, why would we keep on running? And I mean, sometimes externally, um, we can look at the world and go like, oh man, you know, it seems like less and less people every year believe in the good news about Jesus. We we live in a a world where it seems that less and less people hold up um, who Jesus is and the news of the gospel and what it means to live as, as a good way of life. It just feels like there's getting fewer and fewer people every year. And that can be a reason why we think we're just losing so badly. And sometimes externally, we can look around and see, well, it's not so much the world out there, but, but oh, there's been failures in Christian leadership. There's been people that suddenly came unstuck. Or it could be that there's been, uh, there's been difficulties in, in community, and I also know if I, it's, it's hard. I, I feel like I'm, we're losing. It's too hard to keep going. Sometimes we can feel like stepping off the track and stopping the race, not because of external things, but because of internal things. And there's a myriad that these could be. It could be that we go, I just keep sinning and I can't stop it. 
And it feels like my Christian walk goes around in circles. I'm not making progress. I'm losing so badly. It's, is it even worth continuing to run this race when I'm so far behind everybody else? Or it could be that we struggle with some kind of pain, maybe physical or relational, a pain that just doesn't go away and it's, it just hurts so much. Maybe if I could stop running the race, it would get better. Maybe if I could just go over where the grass looks so green and some other place, then maybe I would get a break from this pain. It just doesn't feel like my life is turning out the way, my race is not running the way it should have been. I would have thought it would be very different, but it's not, and maybe it's because I'm just not meant to run the race, and maybe I need to step off the track. Some of us here, as we gather as a church individually, that may describe our, our race right now. But there are other things that happen in races, and uh, one of them um, happened to me as a 17-year-old, so I know about this one very directly. Um, I was hoping to be a professional athlete, like how many other kids, and um, I was at the Australian Institute of Sport in a selection squad, and we were were competing in a race there. Under the eyes of the selector, it was a 400-meter hurdle race, which I was hoping would help me catapult into getting a permanent scholarship the year after. And so I was running this race, and it, I was having the best race I'd ever, ever run. It was a phenomenally good race. Um, I, it was the best of ever I'd ever run. I just felt that wonderful feeling, and I knew I was going fast, and there was, there was important people watching. And, and I came into the bend, if you've seen a 400-meter hurdles, the, the last hurdle coming into the straight, running so beautifully, and I thought I would, it was the time to change my steps. Um, and instead of running a certain message, I thought I, I can cut two steps off it and still hit it on my right leg. And so I, I made the instantaneous decision And the next thing I knew, I was running right through that hurdle, not over it, crashing down on the track, and I had, this is not joking, grazes from my shoulder to my ankles, I was bleeding, I had blood everywhere, and my body was one big long bruise, and unfortunately the selectors had to come over and help me up. It was a very bad moment in my athletic career. Hebrews 12 says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, uh, or other, the NIV version, I think, is that it says, let, let us put aside everything that hinders, and the sin which so easily entangles, the NIV says, it entangles, it trips you, and it's possible that as you come to 2022, you feel like, I'm lying on the track. You know, I've just crashed. It's just been horrible, and maybe it's sin that has entangled you. Uh, maybe there's, there's, a, there's a secret sin which continually entangles you. You feel like, I can't run anymore because I'm just, this sin just grabs me and I'm a failure and God's finished with me and I've crashed down on the track and it's just time to walk off the track and just spare everybody the trouble. Maybe you feel like now I, I've, I've crashed and I've, I'm done. Or it could be, there's a, as if possible, there's something even worse than either of the previous two. And uh, I had this, um, not personally, but in a family sense, happen two years ago. Uh, My son Ethan is an athlete, and he was training for the under eight, well, he was running in the under 18 national titles in Perth. And he was running the 2,000 meter steeplechase, and we're at home in the living room watching the live stream, and it was exhilarating to watch. Uh, He was running so well. And he opened up a big gap, and the gap kept getting bigger, and, uh, and f- coming to the last steeple, he cleared it, and then ran and finished uh, with the Australian title by 24 seconds. 
And we were celebrating, but um, we noticed that the commentators kept rewinding the race and they were focusing in slow motion over Ethan jumping over the last steeple. We started to get a little bit anxious because I was, they were honing in on the white line that follows the steeple jump. And there was debating about, you know, had he put his foot over that line? No, and we're like, well, it doesn't matter. He's 24 seconds ahead. Who cares if he touched the line? All the athletics officials care. Because <laughs> the next thing we knew, DQ, uh, disqualified. Uh, he won the race, but he never stood on the podium to receive the gold medal. He was disqualified. A terrible thing for any athlete to happen, to run the race and at the end of it, get told that you disqualified. You may not even, you may have not as run. You're DQ'd. Well, the Apostle Paul uh, uses the, in, the, the uh, language of disqualification in a race in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And he says this, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So he says, run in such a way that you'll obtain the prize. He says, there's rules in a running race, run according to the rules. And he finishes off by saying, lest, talking about himself, lest I myself might be disqualified after preaching to lots of other people that I might get DQ'd from God on that final day. Disqualification is, is something that is, is a terrible thing. And it can happen in our Christian lives. Uh, we can be, appear to be like Ethan, be running the race and be even out in front. But in our hearts, in our lives, there's something that's not right. And this may not be obvious sin, right? This, this may be a focus on something that's, that's tangential to the, the, who the gospel really is about the Lord Jesus. It's, it's a secondary issue that becomes primary for us, and we start focusing on this and living for this. It could be that we're just, um, we're completely just distracted. We're no longer running according to the rules of the race that we began to run, or, or it could be that there is a hidden sin that no one else can see, but it's there. And in that final moment, we have the, the sense that perhaps as we come and we stand before the one who will judge our race, that disqualification could be a reality. It's a terrible thing. So I don't know, maybe if any of those um, get a sense of how you feel at the beginning of 2022, maybe I just need to step off the track. Yeah, uh, maybe I've fallen. I'm lying on the track. Is it worth getting up again? Or maybe there's something that I feel might be disqualifying me. Well, this morning, as we gather together, I want to give you great hope from Hebrews. And as we transition, thinking not just how is our race running right now, but how do we keep it running as a church in 2022? And I want to give you four things uh, from the Bible, which I think will encourage you. They certainly encourage me. Four things which I hope and pray will help us as, as individuals and us as a church run the race that the Lord God in Jesus Christ has commanded us to run. So, four things. Firstly, the writer to the, of this letter to the Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, look to the great cloud of witnesses. And it seems like what a weird thing to say. So it says, verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what does he mean we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses? He's got the, the runner is running and apparently there's a great cloud of witnesses. Who are they? Well, if you look at the context of the book of Hebrews and you flip back a chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, you'll see that he's speaking about the heroes of the faith who've gone before. 
men and women who ran the race to the end and triumphed. And what he is saying is that you and I, as we run our race, we are not the first to run the race. We are actually surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses of men and women, children who have run the race before and finished the race and received the prize. And, and the, letter, the writer to the letter of Hebrews is saying, so when you're running, consider them. There's a great cloud of witnesses. You are not the first person to have a difficult race. You are not the first person. There's, there's something uniquely time snobberish uh, about thinking that we are the only Christians in all of history to have some battles and struggles. And that what we face in Australia right now is somehow worse than what anybody else has ever faced. There's a, there's a peculiar snobbery in that. Because you and I stand in, we stand like arm to arm all the way back through to the very first um, men and women of the church of Jesus Christ. And even beyond that, all the way through the Old Testament, men and women who have run the race and triumphed. And we are simply taking the baton and running for our little piece, but we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And that's actually really helpful sometimes. Um, this week, I read of a, a Christian pastor called Vincent of Saragossa. It's the week when the church will remember this Vincent of Saragossa. Anyone heard of Vincent? Yeah, someone has. That's great. My brother-in-law. It's been very impressive. Vincent of Saragossa. He was a pastor in Spain. He lived in around, uh, well, he died around 304 AD. And this is what happened to him as he died. Listen to this. Uh, Vincent was stretched on the rack and had his flesh torn with iron hooks. Then into his wounds was rubbed salt. And after this, he was fried alive upon a red-hot gridiron. And finally, he was cast into prison and laid on a floor, scattered with broken, sharp pieces of pottery, where he died. Now, I don't want to... That's, that's a historical thing, what happened. But my point is, I don't think any of us are experiencing quite what Vincent experienced. At least, I hope you're not. But my point is that Vincent of Saragossa is one who has run that race. He's one of the great cloud of witnesses. And he says to you and I that however difficult it might feel in 2022, we're not the first to have run this race. We are not the first to reach the end of the race and the reward that comes with it. So that's the first thing. Look to the great cloud of witnesses. Maybe not something you would expect. Secondly, look to the finish line. Uh, I don't know many athletes who enjoy a race all of the time. There, there are some, there's something wrong with them. I think most athletes in the middle of the race go, this is really hurting. Uh, if you ever run school cross country way back, whatever, you'd remember it. It hurts. I want to stop. I want to give up. And it hurts. It does. And that is a natural part of any race. It's difficult. And athletes motivate themselves by imagining themselves crossing the finish line. I'm not thinking about right now where it's hurt and it's, it's, my body is aching and pain's shooting through me. I'm thinking about that moment when I cross that finish line, what will it be like? I'm motivating myself in the now by looking to what's coming and I'm focusing on that. Now, an athlete is, who's competing in the Olympic Games, for example, will focus on that moment when they break the line and they get to stand on the podium and receive a medal with the whole world watching as the, the pinnacle of, of sport. 
In Paul's day, it was, it was a little bit different. You, you, would, you would compete, and what you got at the end was a crown of, of leaves. <laughs> it was a garland of leaves on your head. But it, it didn't matter. It was the glory that you were receiving as, as, as that crown of wreath or that wreath was put around your head. And the Bible would say, and Hebrews would say, look to the finish line. The race you're running now is temporary. Uh, the Bible says that you live in the last days. You know that? The Bible says that all of us live now in the last days. We have been since Jesus ascended to heaven. This is the last days. And you and I are running a race which is nearly over already. And even if it's hurting and it's difficult, and it often will be, we're running because we're fixing our eyes on the finish line. But, and Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, we're not doing it to receive what they do. They do all of that training to get a garland of leaves that's withered the next day. They do all of that training to get an Olympic gold medal, which 10 years later, no one even remembers who you were. They do all that training and all of that focus. They look to the finish line and that's the all for them, just a little wreath or a medal. And Paul says, no, look to the finish line because on the finish line, that is where you are not only going to receive the reward, and we will, and the Bible speaks, our God is a material God. He works in the spiritual and the material and the God, the, the wonderful creator of all the universe, do you think you're going to get to the line and you're going to feel disappointed with his reward? That's not how the God who creates everything by a breath works. His reward will be the most incredible that you can imagine. We can't actually grasp how good it will be, but it won't be just things. When we cross the finish line, we don't get a crown of reeds or a medal that's hung around our neck. We get to experience and receive relationship with the king of the universe who made everything. We get to experience him. We experience him now, but we experience him then in a far richer, deeper way. That's the reward. And the Bible would say, so when you're running and it's hard, look to the finish line. Remember what's waiting for you there. And then thirdly and more specifically, when we look to the finish line, we are looking above all to Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, that's what the writer of the Hebrews said to that letter to the Hebrews says. He says, you run with perseverance the race that is marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus the author, the perfecter of your faith. He says, so when you run, fix your eyes on Jesus. And what does he mean when he says, fix your eyes on Jesus? D does he mean that we have an icon in our room or, or a picture of Jesus that we look to? And I, say, I don't think those things are bad things. If we look to Jesus, if they lift our eyes to him, but I think he means far more than that. Fixing our eyes on Jesus means to, to look at him as he lived and be encouraged by that. It means to, to fix our eyes on Jesus says, all right, because that's what the writer of Hebrews he says. It says, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. Then it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, lest you be weary and discouraged. So the, the writer of Hebrews says, this is what you, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you look at his life through his word. You read of him 
in the Gospels especially, you look and you fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus as he is portrayed there, and you see, amongst the other things, you see how he suffered. And the writer of the Hebrews says, you look at him, and you consider what he went through, and you consider why he did it because of the joy that was set before him, and then when you suffer, and when you're tempted to give up, you remember who it is that you're fixing your eyes on so you don't get weary and discouraged. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So, so as we think about it this morning, is, is re, look to the great cloud of witnesses who have run before you. It says, look as we run towards the finish line. It says, look to Jesus Christ. And now, finally, look to your training. Look to your training. That's what I want to end with this morning. Look to your training. When I was running and um, the race was getting hard, uh, my coach would sometimes yell out from the track, remember your training. And what he was saying to me was, you're running now and the race is painful and difficult, but you've, you've trained for this. You've sacrificed for this. Remember the sessions in the early morning gym? Remember the diets? Remember those repetitive 400 meters on the track? You remember those things? You've trained for this moment. You haven't just gone out there and run a race. No athlete runs at any kind of standard without training. Everyone trains. And, and you're saying, Andrew, are you going to say that we have to train for the Christian faith? But I thought it was all about grace. That when we fixed our eyes on Jesus, we remembered his incredible grace. That he lifted up those who were lying on the track, broken that he welcomed those who were struggling, that he welcomed everybody. He says, it's not what you do, it's what I've done for you in, in my cross. That's what matters. And you know what? You'd be exactly right. That's the truth of grace. But, but, the Lord God also in his word gives us means to look to Jesus and receive his grace. He gives us means to, to, to achieve that wonderful uh, blessing, which is, is God's grace poured out on our lives. And, and it's discipline. Discipline and grace don't go, they're not opposed to each other. If we think we do discipline to get grace, well, yeah, that's a problem. But if we discipline ourselves in accordance with God's commandments as a ways of fixing our eyes on Jesus, that's a good thing. So remember your training. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, Paul says this. He says, he's making this point, actually. He says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And he goes on to say, so I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified from the race. Paul says, I train. I look to my training. And as we finish, and as I finish this morning, and as we, we cast forward into 2022, I want to encourage us and leave us on this point that as a church, I feel it is the right time to, to look towards Jesus and to do what he tells us to do. And you say, well, what does discipline look like for a Christian? How, how do I train as a Christian? Well, there's lots of ways. There's reading the Bible, praying, fasting, celebrating, Attending Sunday worship, giving, being part of the community, spending time in weekly rest. It all, all these things are, are disciplines that we practice as Christians. But as we close this morning, I want to cast our eyes 
as a church, corporately, and ask us that in this next week, we would discipline ourselves to fix our eyes on Jesus in a fresh and a wonderful way. And that we would do that in the way that He has given to us, by Bible reading, by prayer, by fasting, that we would look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, as however this race has been for us this last year and however it feels now, that as a church and as individuals, we'd focus on Jesus in a fresh new way. And this is how I would love us to do it in this year coming ahead. It's not dissimilar from other years, but I think it really, really matters. In the next uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the following Monday, I would urge you to this heightened time of of focus on God. In the morning, you'll get a a devotion from us uh, as pastors, helping and guide you in that. You'll get that by email. And then my prayer is is that we would then fast before God uh, for breakfast and lunch of those days. And instead of, of eating, we'd say, God, we need you so much more than food. The race is hard. And we want to run it to the end. Our eyes are on Jesus. They're on the finish line. And we look to you so much that it's even more important than the wheat bix and the sandwich that we'd have for lunch. You're more important than those things. We love you. And that as a church, that we would do this together. Um, As pastors, we're going away tomorrow for two days uh, for a time where we're going to be fasting and praying with you, asking that God would please uh, show us how we together can press forward, not only to this year, but into the years ahead. You can pray for us, but pray for us as a church. Pray for us. It's It's been a hard couple of years. It's felt like there's been a lot of headwind as we're running this race. It feels like we're being blown backwards sometimes. Pray for us as a church. Pray for us, for one another, for our unity and our, our vision on Jesus. And then at the end of that time, on Monday, tomorrow week, as we gather together for our prayer meeting, on that final day of fast, that we would gather together in worship and prayer and thankfulness for what God has done. What God has done in Jesus, the one who we fix our eyes on. So if you would do that with us this week, as I said, you'll get emails, you'll get reminders. I know it's difficult But let's remember our training. Let's remember that great cloud of witnesses. Let's remember the finish line. As we do all these things, let's remember Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Would you pray with me? Our musicians are going to come up and we're going to sing together, but let's pray. Uh, Father, as we begin another year, Lord, we don't want to be a kind of people that, that takes the shortcuts, that takes the illegal drugs. We don't want to be a people that is disqualified, but we want to be a people that receive from you what we need to run this race to the end. And so, Lord, we pray that as a church, we would fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We'd fix our eyes as we fast and pray this week, as we read your word with a greater intensity this week. We pray that you would give us what we need. And Lord, we pray that that as we live out our lives, however we feel in 2022, that you who are faithful and you who ran this race before us would run beside us until we cross that finish line and receive the prize. And we pray these things with thankful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.